0: What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Straight Facts, a sports show that educates and entertains. I am your host, James Jackson. Joined as always by my two guys, our residential statistician, Stat Matt Robinson, fresh off of uh, wisdom teeth surgery. So, like, before I get to Kyle, I want everyone to know a warrior that we got on our roster right now. This guy had wisdom teeth surgery on Monday. It is Wednesday at six o'clock. And he ain't ready for action. It's like, like nothing, nothing happened. So. Shout out Matt Robinson for, for being a warrior. You got you got something to say. Like, this is your time. Go ahead. Kyle. I don't like
1: Bill Belichick, but I stand by his no days off motto. There you go. I like there it. There you go. We like that. And then of course from Pittsburgh PA, our guy, Kyle Search. We've regressed,
0: Kyle, in the room. We regressed. Last week was good. Bad. This week I see was on the floor. The bed's not made. Like we, we we've we regressed back. We regressed back.
1: Yeah, We're
2: not is. back to stage one though.
0: We're not back to stage one.
2: All right. I hope we don't get back to stage I one. Can, I could deal with that.
0: <laughs> but, I mean, those are, you know, that, that's the, the usual suspects. But we do have uh, a great guest. Our guy, Matt Valdovinos, is uh, is joining us on the podcast today. Uh, draft uh, analyst, player analyst, and fellow Phoenixville alums. So, it's great to have you on here, Matt. Thank you for joining the Straight Facts podcast. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having
3: me on. I'm excited to be here.
0: No problem, no problem. You ready to spit some facts today? That's always, we always. Do. Let, let's get it, let's get it popping then. But we're talking about the MVP race in the NFL because we're nearing the halfway point of the NFL season, so we got to do a check-in and see who we're talking about for the MVP case. We know the MVP is normally dominated by the quarterback position, so the people who are at the forefront to win the MVP right now are all quarterbacks, so we're going to... We're going to go into a little bit of a game. I'm going to call this four angry analysts right now because we got three people on trial and they all need a case to be presented to why they're MVP. So we're going to put on our lawyer hat, our defense attorney hat, and we're going to go to bat for our clients right now. And the first client we got is Russell Wilson, the first person on trial as to why he should be MVP. Right now, if the season ended, this is probably who a lot of people would peg as their MVP for the NFL season, leads the league in touchdowns despite already having his bye week, a 71% completion percentage, and has led his team to a 5-1 record. And that's really despite having maybe like the worst pass rush in the league right now. So Matt B., I'll start it with you being the expert on the panel right now. Russell Wilson, that's got to be the main guy for MVP right now, isn't it?
3: I mean, absolutely. This is guy. What's crazy to look at and think about is this isn't a dude who's ever really been an MVP front runner in his career, Are we right? Talk
0: about this yeah. I cannot believe it. Yes. And
3: uh, it. it's wild to me. I mean, what Russell Wilson has done with the Seahawks team that really has not been very good the past mm-hmm. couple of years. He's, he's I mean, kind of the mantra, he's carried a team. He's been the most valuable player to his team. So it's kind of insane to think that this is the first year, you know, that he's out here and he's leading a race, but I mean, Seahawks Twitter got after it, you know, uh, let Russ cook was a huge thing uh, in Seahawks Twitter and they did it. They've done it. They've let him go out and rip it. We saw. um, I mean, we've seen it with DK Metcalf has developed into one of the best, you know, deep threats in all of football. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tyler Lockett has become, you know, a top 10 receiver this year. He's been phenomenal. He's fresh off a 200 yard, three touchdown game. Right. I mean, Russell Wilson has the weapons to go out and win this award. And I think he's, he, he should be the favorite.
2: Yeah, I think, I think the narrative right now is definitely in Russell's favor. I think a big thing for him is maybe people will see it a different way, but I don't think he's had a bad game yet. I know the Arizona game, he threw three interceptions, but he also threw three touchdowns, and he almost had 400 yards passing. And if that Seattle defense isn't that bad, they win that game.
0: That's a bad game. That's yeah. a bad game. Three three picks is a bad game no matter where
2: it's you going. Know, sure, you know, you're sure, but
0: – you throw but, three picks and win, maybe not. You throw three picks and lose,
2: that's a bad game. But and he still almost did enough to win that game. It was a very tight game. And he ran for like 85 yards. I mean, I think the narrative's definitely pushed in Russ's favor. I'm a little concerned about that defense, though, because you know how it goes. Your team has to be the best in the division to win the MVP. There's three exceptions since the year 2000. Steve McNair, Peyton Manning, Adrian Peterson. All of them were second in the division. All of them made the playoffs. I'm not worried about Seattle as much as making the playoffs, but they are in a tough division and that defense definitely can let him down on this award.
0: 100. percent Adrian Peterson also might have won that MVP because he, he came off an ACL injury and then mm-hmm. nearly broke the rushing record. Like, I mean, nine yards. Go, like, who you gonna give the MVP to? But Matt Robinson. I mean, what's what? Come to Russells defense here.
1: Uh, I definitely think uh, what Kyle said is important. But I think if you win the NFC West this year, that's such a big. It's like statement because it's clearly the best division in football. There's a good chance that all four teams make the playoffs with the new uh, playoff rules. And Wilson, if you just look at, he's leading the league in passer rating. He's leading the league in touchdowns. He is second in yards per attempt. He's just been lighting up the scoreboard in every single scenario. And even if you look at the advanced stats, he's still cooking. He is. Um, He is uh, eighth in QBR and like and this and advanced stats really hurt for um, sacks. So even he takes a lot of sacks and he's like ninth in DR, which is still like very high for him with that play style. And this is one of those where I, I think the conventional statistics evaluate him better, just because he's been clearly the they've been the best team in the NFC, I'd say, and they he's been the clearest reason for that.
0: Well, it, it's funny you bring out the sacks because I mean there are a lot of quarterbacks who don't take as many sacks but make bad decisions when they don't take those sacks. Like sometimes taking a sack is the best of, the best decision you could have made at that play. And you know, that that's that's never gonna go into like a statistic. It's never gonna go into something Kyle's shaking his head over there. But I mean there's a I know who you're referencing. There's a quarterback, you know, because there's a quarterback in Philadelphia, you should just take more sacks instead of throwing the ball away like he does. Like, so, and, and, and that that's why I thought that was interesting that you bring it in. But I look at the emergence of, of Russ this season, the emergence of DK Metcalf over the past two seasons, last season and this season. And I don't think there's a coincidence there. Like, I think, I don't think there's a coincidence that when DK Metcalf was inserted into this Seattle team, that Russell Wilson and the Seattle offense took off. I mean, we've known Seattle so many years coming into this, and Matt B., correct me if I'm wrong, we've known Seattle coming into this season so much as being like a run first team that run the ball so much, and that's why the Seattle faithful have been talking about let Russ cook, let Russ cook. They get someone like DK Metcalf, an absolute specimen, they start to let Russ cook, and now he takes off. So my question has been like, why did it take so long? Like, why now? Like, why did they have to get to 2020 to let Russ cook? We saw this when he won the Super Bowl in his second year. Like, Why did it take till now?
3: Yeah, I think uh, a big thing was that the Seahawks were so caught in their ways, right? When they went and won the Super Bowl, they had the best defense in football, right? And, and that was a huge, huge thing. Um, so it was, you know, maybe we don't need Russ to cook to win. Um, the issue is, even with that ideology, you still have to draft good players continuously. And they weren't doing that. Um, the Seahawks haven't had a good first round pick for a while right and they get you know they they were struggling to give Russell Wilson the talent around him so that you could warrant maybe not letting him take over the offense but you still know you're going to win games with him right and that's what they were doing the issue is they weren't giving him players around him that were going to go out and win the games Um, so that was the big issue like you said they were a run first team but they've been so dominantly you know their completion percentage over expected their EPA over um, their past EPA has been phenomenal it's that Matt over, over, <laughs> over, over, over there, over there. I'm, I'm not there. even a huge. Sta- I'm definitely, I'm definitely, um, I'm definitely a film buff. I like to, you know, watch it first and because, because statistics hated DK Metcalf coming out, right? Yeah. Um, analytics guys were not high on him at all, um, and, and the NFL took a little bit of notice and too, and that's why you saw a bit of a slide too. When, when a lot of the film guys thought he was, you know, the best receiver available in that draft, um, Seahawks got a steal, and I think pairing Russell Wilson, who's the best deep ball thrower in the NFL, just a gorgeous. You know, he'll put the ball wherever he has to down the field and DK Metcalf takes advantage of it. And so I think the stars kind of aligned and it was it was desperately needed for Russell Wilson because I thought, you know, no one ever thought of him as underrated because he was Russell Wilson, right? He was taking this team to the playoffs and is a Super Bowl contender year in and year out. But he was never, you know, an MVP front runner. And so that was going to affect Hall of Fame cases. That was going to affect, you know, things like that. So I think this is a huge year. I think the stars align. Um, not just that Of the three front runners Right now He is far and away The easiest schedule I mean he's still got games Against three of the NFC East teams So you know that's That's a given three games He's going to cook um, He still gets a game Against the Jets He still gets another game Against the Cardinals Kyle just said he threw 400 yards and three touchdowns Right that's going to You know beef up the stats A little bit So there are I mean there's a lot of games That he can go out And he can still cook And so I think it's the the rest of the season is very kind to Russell Wilson, and I think he should
2: remain the favorite for a while.
1: He also yeah. has the narrative on his side. Everyone exactly, to win. exactly. That's what I was
2: thinking the whole Huge. time. Yeah. So it's week two. Russell Wilson, Russell yeah. Wilson. And yeah. they weren't Early, even talking yeah. about Aaron Rodgers, like he wasn't doing the same thing Russell Wilson was right,
0: doing. Right, yeah. right. Through, I mean, through three or four weeks, there were a couple quarterbacks doing what he was doing. What yeah. one I'll name later, but there were a couple quarterbacks that hey, was doing Dak what, Dak Prescott
3: was was looking like nobody was else.
0: else. Yeah. And it was funny because it was it, like I still can't get over the coincidence of this year. Like everyone decided this year was the year that everyone was gonna make it public that Russell's never gotten an MVP vote last year it was true but like it wasn't
3: we've been known Derek Carr got an MVP vote before Russell Wilson did
0: oh oh, man stop it that's (laughs) before we move on from Russ I think one of the biggest things we have to look forward to also is when does Russell Wilson play his best football November and December that's been true for his entire career and if it gets better from now on scary scary for a lot of people Great for a lot of people. All right, counselors, we got two other people to come to defense to. It's going to be tough after that one. But the second person also been balling out this year and is a former MVP of two years ago, and that's Patrick Mahomes uh, over there in the AFC with the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, just to put it plain and simply, number one at touchdown-interception ratio, 16 to 1, also has two rushing TDs, also is number two in QBR, and got another dangerous weapon in Le'Veon Bell, who looked to see, I mean, only has one game with the Chiefs, but I mean his first one first run went for what? You know, twelve or thirteen yards and a first down. So and we know that Le'Veon at his best can be not only our number one running back, but like a number two receiver on some teams too. Which you give Patrick Mahomes another another, you know, weapon down the field, that's just gonna spell trouble. So Patrick Mahomes is a second person. We gotta make a case for him. Why does Pat Mahomes deserve to get his MVP, his second MVP? I
2: I just think like That team is so good, and you take Mahomes off of it, and you still have talent, but you don't do what Mahomes does. You don't win the Super Bowl last year. And you add in another guy like Le'Veon. I was really impressed with those two running back sets they did last week where you have Clyde and Lev. And I know Clyde ran for like 170, so if you got a guy that can do that, I know he's not going to do it every week, and now you pair Le'Veon Bell with it. Now you got every weapon in the book. Tyreek, Kelsey, those two. And Mahomes, I think he gets the big benefit of having probably the best team in the league, especially now. And he doesn't have to play in the NFC. So he could come out, they could be 14 and two, and it's tough to look past the quarterback like that. I think he's not going to have the 50 touchdown, 12 interception year he had when he did win MVP, but he can come damn close to those numbers. And that's his case there that if his team's like 14 and two, maybe even 15 and one, I know you'd never want to predict that. I'm not. He has a valid case for being MVP.
0: But I mean, it's, 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 I don't want to take it away from him that he has so much talent around him. But oftentimes, I'm not. the MVP is the best player on the best team. Last year, the MVP was the best player on the best team. Well, the year before that, best player on the best team. So it, it happens in, in all sports. That's that's how the MVP is evaluated.
1: I think, I think, um, Mahomes is a victim of his own success since he had the explosion season. Two years ago, where he lit up five thousand yards, fifty touchdowns, and the bar is so high. So, like, if he just has like a like a, a quote unquote quiet forty two touchdowns, forty eight hundred yards, like mm. people just can go like, so that's not his best season. Why should he get MVP? But Mahomes, if you really dive into it, like he's first in uh, defense adjusted yards above replacement. He's first in DVOA. He's second in QBR. He's still he's still like lighting up the stat sheet, but I think the narrative race the narratives kind of working against him in this case.
0: And it's it's almost like we're we're so used to seeing that explosion. We're so used to seeing such an air raid offense from Patrick Mahomes. It's not catching everybody's eye like maybe you know Aaron Rodgers' year or Russell Wilson's year is catching everybody's eye. Because like I mean, Pat's done this. Like you're gonna have to do something absolutely wild and absolutely crazy to do something that we haven't seen you do before to catch our eye. Am I, am I right on there? Right on that Matt
3: B? Yeah. I mean, I think, so one thing I kind of look at it is, it's kind of like the LeBron effect, right? Where it's, you know, regardless if you're the best player in the league, right? You're LeBron James. You're supposed to be the best player in the league. Why should you get MVP? Um, I do think that he's going to see that and not just this year, but probably for the rest of his career, right? Russell or Patrick Mahomes, there'll be, I mean, if he plays for another, right, 15 years, there's going to be, I would say, at least three to five years where he's the undisputed best player in the NFL. But the odds of him winning the MVP each one of those years are so low because it, it starts to become an expectation. So, you know, voters might want to give the award to someone who hasn't won it yet because they did so much better than their expectation whether or not that's what the award's for. Um, and so I do think that's the big thing uh, with Pat Mahomes. But like you said, I mean, he's been dominating, and I think how spot on. I mean, that team is so good. The AFC is so bad that... At 15, and I don't, I don't think 15 to one's impossible. I definitely think 14 and two is probably more likely. But there's, there's a very real chance that the Chiefs, and I would pick them to like they're my Super Bowl favorites. It's, it's hard to, to bet against Pat Mahomes to do, do any of these things. It's just I do think that he's going to get that kind of. Oh, it's Pat Mahomes. Yeah, cool. He threw for 4,540. But we, we know where's 5,050.
0: And, and I and I want to take that I want to take that statement you said, and, and that's where I want this discussion to go for a second. Is performance above expectation? Because I think all three guys who are at the front of the MVP race right now were all expected to do very very high things. Mm-hmm. Their teams were expected to do very very high things. I mean, the you know the, the guy we'll get to next, Aaron Rodgers. His team was in the NFC Championship game last year. Patrick Mahomes won the Super Bowl last year. We know what Russell Wilson can do. So it's it's how much are they performing above their expectation? and right now is Patrick Mahomes performing higher above his expectation than many other people are like is that what this is um
3: i mean no i guess because his expectation is so high right i think i think he's performing at an elite level and he's one of the three best you know players in football anyways like regardless um i think of these mvp you know front runners i think he's the best i think he's you know if anyone had to start a franchise you want to start with pat mahomes you know if, if you you give 100 people yeah if you give 100 people um and tell them to list the top five quarterbacks 100 out of 100 put pat mahomes in the top three and probably 95 out of 100 put him at one and so you know that's kind of just the expectation and the other thing that i'm kind of worried about is not for him is that the chiefs are so good um they've got two phenomenal running backs they've got not great teams on the rest of their schedule, right? there's going to be times where Pat Mahomes is going to throw like 200 yards and two touchdowns in the first quarter and really not have to do anything the rest of the
1: game. Right, we saw it again. against, yeah, we like saw it last against Denver. Week. That's what I did yeah, last exactly. week. He in 200 Buffalo. 200 yards yeah. and one touchdown. Yeah. Exactly.
3: Uh, Clyde Edwards, a layer eight against Buffalo, so he really didn't have to do anything. I think he had like 225 yards again. game. So that's the only other thing I would look at is maybe if the, you know, the team's so good that his production does dip a little bit just because you don't have to throw the ball at the time when you're ahead. And when you have two good running backs, you don't have to throw it on third down consistently because you'll be facing so many third and shorts if you get to third down at all. So there's a lot of things that kind of work against Pat Mahomes in this MVP you know, race, which isn't necessarily a negative to him, right? His team's winning games. He's not going to be upset.
2: Yeah, I, I like that actually because, you know, Russell Wilson's going to throw for 300 almost every game and Mahomes just might not hit those stat thresholds. I agree with that, yeah.
0: Right. And another wrinkle in this is... You know, teams that have gotten two, three years now to watch Pat Mahomes throw the ball for 500 yards over their head. And at some point, defensive coordinators are like, OK, I'm just not going to let that happen anymore. If the Chiefs beat us, they're going to have to beat us in a multitude of ways. So give credit to Andy Reid and that staff to, to realizing that, that we can't just rely on, on Pat to throw for over 500 yards. And for touchdowns each game, we're going to have to have a good running game. We're going to have to have another dynamic back who can do it all. Maybe take some pressure off of Pat Mahomes, maybe as a security net that Le'Veon Bell can do. We're going to have to have more than just one deep threat of Tyreek Hill going down the field. They got two or three or four receivers who can go down the field. We saw it last year in their Super Bowl run. So many receivers that can go down the field. And that's another wrinkle to it that when, when you make your team better around you and just as Kyle and, and Matt B just said, Patrick Mahomes doesn't have to do it all anymore. I mean, you don't have to do it all. The stats the stats are there for not having to do it all, and your stats are going to be lesser for a guy like Wilson or a guy like uh, Aaron Rodgers, who if Aaron Rodgers or Wilson don't show up crazy, their their team might not pull out a victory.
1: This is where Seattle's bad defense helps Russell Wilson because there's going to be a lot of 45-38 shootouts where Wilson's going to have to throw for 450 yards while, like Kyle said, they're going to be... It's gonna be like two hundred. Or Matt V said two hundred yards first quarter. Game's over, and that's where Wilson can really pack up the counting stats.
2: It's like that Matt Ryan where they went eleven and five, and Matt Ryan just had ridiculous stats and mm-hmm. won MVP. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So
0: big, yeah, <laughs> so great. But I mean, I think I think Matt V, I think you hit it on the, on the head. Regardless if, if Patrick Mahomes wins MVP this year, I think if 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 Andor wins, someone else wins MVP, they're gonna get maybe. 10 out of those hundred people who are going to put that MVP over Patrick Mahomes. But I mean, it's a very short list of people who are going to say that there's another, there's another better quarterback in the league besides Patrick Mahomes. And you you said it, we've seen LeBron for, who probably should have been MVP for like eight straight years now, who just because you're the best player in the in the league doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win MVP. There's other wrinkles to it. The narrative one is one of the biggest speaking of, of the narrative one, a, a guy who came in and had a lot to prove, man. Like, his team drafted a quarterback in the first round instead of getting him help. And, and you want to talk about putting a chip on someone's shoulder. You want to talk about giving someone something to prove. Like, I don't know if they did it on purpose, but Aaron Rodgers is not a guy, if I'm the rest of the league, who I want to see coming into the league with something to prove and a chip on the shoulder. And he's making everybody else pay for what his own team did to him. Because He's balling out number one in QBR. His TD interception ratio is 17, 17 to 2. That's second in the league, just under Patrick Mahomes. And he hasn't been thrown to a bunch of elite receivers. I mean, Devontae Adams is his elite receiver, but he's missed a couple of games. Alan Hazard has been their leading receiver uh, for a couple of games, and you know, they've only played. Six and a half games combined with that receiving core. So, th- like, don't talk about a lack of weapons. Don't talk about him getting older. Don't talk about anything because Aaron Rodgers is right in the front of this MVP discussion. A bad man, as Stephen A. would say, a bad man.
2: Yeah, he's he's uh, he's going to stick there too with Russ. Uh, th- their defense has been letting them down a little bit. They are going to throw the ball. Uh, I like that point where just like. Devontae Adams and Allen Lazard are one and two receivers. They've played six and a half games mm-hmm. and like combined. And they've played six games total. So I mean, he's shown he can get it to Valdez Scantling. He showed he could use Robert Tanyan. He showed he could pass to their backs. I mean, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams both are good at catching balls. So he's gonna be able to spread it out. And Devontae Adams is back now. If he stays healthy, he might go 150 a game, every single oh, game. We,
0: we saw what he did. For mm-hmm. his, he's first, been, I mean, yeah. Adams has,
3: been, Adams has been the best receiver on when he's on the field
2: this year, and I don't think he's close. He's been yeah. so good. Really? I think Hopkins is close. I think Hopkins is close. but I love Nook. I've been
3: on the, the Nook wide receiver one train for a while.
2: We're um, going to have this conversation later, though.
3: But, yeah, Devontae Adams has been so, so good on the field this year. It's just ridiculous. Um,
2: well,
0: because one of us, one of y'all said, I don't want to get off on a tangent, one of y'all said last week that DeAndre Hopkins wasn't the best receiver in the league. And I think it was, I think it was stat, Matt, which is because of the big, that's the biggest Clemson fan I've ever, I've ever seen. So for him not to say that, it's crazy. I don't want to get too much off the tangent, but I mean, it it goes, I guess, to your point, Matt B If Devontae Adams has been the best receiver on the field. Does that help or hurt Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers case for MVP? Has he been the best receiver on the field because of Aaron Rodgers or has Aaron Rodgers benefited because Devontae Adams has been the best receiver on the field? Which one is it? Um, I mean,
3: both. I, wanna, oh. I don't want to cop out, but I mean, I think Devontae Adams is where he is now because he got to play with Aaron Rodgers for the entirety of his career, right? But now at where he's at, obviously that's benefiting Aaron Rodgers. Obviously having that top three receiver is, is going to gonna help Aaron Rodgers regardless. I don't think it's going to have anything against his, you know, MVP bid because, I mean, Tyreek Hill exists, right? DK Metcalf and, and Tyler Lockett right,
0: well, yeah, yeah. exists, right? So,
3: so having Devontae Adams, I think if you're going to, criticize anyone for weapons i think it rogers probably the last person uh, of these top three because of all the points we had said i do think that my one concern with aaron Rodgers, i think he absolutely is in it right now i think the packers are the team most susceptible of these top three guys to lose more games um we saw what the bucks did to them obviously they were lacking weapons um but it's just that's where i start to concern i'm worried that the the Packers aren't necessarily the type of contenders that the Seahawks and Chiefs are. Um, I think that they're more liable to lose the games against a team like San Francisco, against a team like, even in Indianapolis, that is so good defensively that they might, you know, put, I, I think that's where you start to kind of question. We already talked about the Seahawks schedule and, and the Chiefs schedule. I do think that Aaron Rodgers is most likely of any of these guys to go maybe like
0: 11 and 5.
3: Um, but, not but, saying he but, will,
0: but... But, 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 but... Isn't that what everyone said last year?
3: Anyway, I'm I mean, right.
0: Last year, and they won. They were they won 13 games of the other regular season, and I still said it. They won their first playoff game. I still said it. They went to the Adamson Championship game, damn near beat the 49ers, and I still said it. Like it, it like so. What? Why? Why? Why is that? Why is that there? Like, I need someone to answer that for me because, like. Through, through the first, what, four or five weeks of the season, they had the best offense in the NFL. And still people were like, eh, I don't know about the Packers. But, like, how, how does that keep happening? How do they keep producing and producing and producing and people are still doubting
1: them? I have a little humble pie to eat because I've been an anti-Aaron Rodgers guy for a while. And yeah,
0: yeah, take a price out of that. And
1: and, and I just like that Rodgers is having a season that I didn't think was possible for him because – he the last time he threw for more than 7.4 yards per attempt was when he was 31 back in 2014. This year he's ba- he's throwing 8 yards per attempt, the highest since 2014. Out of nowhere this late in his career having a resurgence like that and it's it's great to see like flashes of the old Aaron Rodgers who was for that 5-year run from like 09 to 14 was so special. And if he keeps playing like this the 13-3 record that we'll they'll wind up with will feel way more real than it did last year. Mm-hmm. I
2: agree about that, too.
1: One thing I do want to say is the the only thing, the,
3: the completion numbers, I, I don't want to say it's just out of nowhere, though, because I do think that Matt LaFleur has been a godsend for Aaron Rodgers. I think he's been such a good offensive play caller this year for him, much more unique, much more entertaining and creative than than mike mccarthy ever was and that's why you see even with all the weapons dallas has andy dalton can't move the football right obviously when dak was in there it was a different story but there was the efficiency just wasn't there comparatively i think you do see the difference between having a matt lafleur right someone regarded as like an offensive you know creative guy one one of the, the forefronts on the forefront of, of this new space and pace kind of play that we're all using
2: um, and they get along because they are getting along yeah, there exactly. It
0: yeah. didn't start that way. It didn't look like it was going to start that way. But I mean, yeah, exactly.
2: They're like exactly. best buddies now though. Yeah, yeah
0: winning, winning cures all you win 13 games in your first year, then yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm probably be friends with you too. And Everyone made money. Right. And and I think that's something that all three of these quarterbacks have in common is the play callers that are on their side, like are are willing to be as unique as mm-hmm. their quarterback is. You look at the offense that the Chiefs run. And I like—I would hate to be a defensive coordinator to try to deal with that offense. There's just so many moving parts. They do things that, that just haven't been done before. Like they were the first ones to really implement and really have that little tight end double pass to Travis Kelsey into their offense. The Seahawks, when they, when they, you know, half of their playbook is like Russ drop back and then just scramble and run around. And Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf find a hole and Russ will get it to you. And then now we're seeing... The Packers and, and Matt Lafleur have a really dynamic offense with Aaron Rodgers too. And I think when you start to take the reins off of the offense like that, you don't you don't try to barricade it so much. You allow like the you know the the greatness of these quarterbacks to come out and and flourish fully. And I think that's what we're seeing, especially with with Green Bay, because you're right. It, it's night and day for when the back end of of Mike McCarthy's head coaching career and the start of Matt Lafleur's coaching career couldn't be any different, and it's the same quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's that's the case. We're going to go around right now, and we got to pick one client, okay? Because we, we made a healthy case for all three of them, and we're going to go around the road. Kyle, I'm going to start with you. Who who are you picking to defend?
2: Um, Are we talking about of those three? Of those three. I'm going to go with Russell Wilson. He's got the narrative going for him. I think that defense is so suspect that he's going to have a game like he has Every week, it seemed like this week for the rest of the season, they're going to be a good team. I, I like them in close games. I love Russell Wilson in night games. I think they get through that division well. 13 and three probably win it, and it's going to be tough to go against him with everything he's got going for him.
0: All right. Stat, Matt.
1: If Matt. I had voted to give it to Pat Mahomes, it's the LeBron effect of the NFL.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the same way. Um, I know the narrative is on Russell's side, but you got to finish first in your division. And right now, it's not a guarantee that he finishes first in his division. It's damn near a guarantee that Patrick Mahomes does, does that. The best player on the best team normally gets MVP, uh, and that's that's what I say. So, Matt V, expert opinion. If you had to give a, an MVP vote out right now, who you giving it to? Hey, let
3: Russ cook. Let yeah. Russ cook.
0: All right. That's all you guys say. <laughs> that's all you guys say. All right. We're going to move on. Thank you for Matt Baldovinos for joining us. We're going to move on to the second segment right now, and it's the don't look away just yet. That's what we're calling this right now, because it is still only halfway through the NFL season. Um, So there are a lot of guys who are on the fringe of that MVP conversation right on the outside looking in and and who might bust through there. So Kyle, Matt and myself, we're going to go around and we're going to present one guy. Short, short conversation doesn't have to be a long discussion, but present one guy to not look away from too, like too quickly. Don't don't count them out just yet. And Matt V, like, don't be afraid to hurt our feelings. After we present this guy, you got to tell us, if are we right to not look away? You got to tell us, like, man, move on. Like, like let, let, let mm-hmm. that hurt out your heart go. So, Kyle, we're going to start with you. Who are we not moving on from?
2: Don't look away from Tom Brady just yet. He is more passing yards than all three of those guys we talked about. He has the second most passing touchdowns in the league still. And Tampa Bay is looking good. I mean, they lost week one since then they're 5 and 1 they probably should have won that bears game too but you know it's in the past but say they do make a run which is very possible cuz they only play 3 more teams this season who have a winning record they go on win that division say they're 13 and 3 Brady's got a legitimate chance for MVP at the numbers he's putting up now
0: mm-hmm. I mean I I look at what Tom Brady's doing with my offense this year and it looks like the, the Tom Brady that was taking the Patriots to Super Bowls for year after year, where one, I mean, they they have the 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 big blowout win against the Packers, but most of our wins, even in inferior teams, haven't been blowouts, right? We're just getting the job done, and it's methodical offense, like it's death by a thousand cuts. Brady will throw that, John, seven yards down the field if he has to, but two seven-yard gains is a first down. So that, that's all you need. And that's exactly what I'm seeing doing. And he's using every weapon available to him. Actually, the weapon that he's like utilized the least has been like Mike Evans. That may be his biggest weapon. I think it's only a, a matter of time before he busts out and has his game. And then it gets really scary. But
1: Antonio Brown might boost Brady's numbers
0: too. I'm, I'm scared about it. I'm scared about it. I mean, it's, it's I'm, I'm just scared about it. But Matt V, move on or don't move on? Don't move on. Never move I, on. No,
3: Tom Brady, first of all, the greatest player ever, right? You ne- never move on.
0: Say it again. Say it again but for that, Matt. Say say it the again greatest
3: for... player ever. Thank but you. on
0: Thank top you.
3: of that, we talk about narratives a lot, right? And I do think that early season success is probably the biggest. But if you always look towards the end of the year, you know, someone goes on this crazy one, someone tears it up towards the end of the year, you start to see, you know, maybe they they gain a lot of ground in those last couple weeks. The last five weeks for the Buccaneers are their bye week. Minnesota, whose defense is horrendous. Two games against Atlanta and then Detroit, right? So there's a a very real chance for the last quarter of the season, Tom Brady's throwing 400 yards a game and four touchdowns. Uh, So I do think that that's a huge thing to watch. Um, Do not move on yet. Tom Brady is cooking. He had a pass uh, to Scotty Miller into the back of the end zone last week, which was one of the best balls I've ever seen him throw uh, at, at 43 or whatever.
0: The only reason I'm mad at Russell Wilson is because his throw made made everyone forget about Tom Brady. I right. <laughs> was like, dog, I couldn't have a day. He gave it three hours, and then he had maybe, uh, you know, just as good as thing throw to Tyler Lockett. So like, I, I mean, I was mad about it. Uh, I'm gonna go next. Who my? Kyle I, I shouldn't let you go first because I'm like, mine's not gonna sound as good after you give all those reasons and after you talk about the goat. But mine is Josh Allen, and, and before that two game skid. I mean, Josh Allen was balling. He had 1,326 yards through four games, and the Bills were 4-0 and in that span. And that was more yards than Pat Mahomes and Lamar Jackson had through their first four games of their MVP season. Now, I know a, a two-game skid plus barely beating the Jets and not throwing a touchdown in that game doesn't really help an MVP case, but he's got a chance to turn it around. He's got a chance to do, you know, the rest of the season what he did in those first, in those first four games. The rest of his schedule really isn't light. But it's not the hardest that he's ever seen. And the Steelers going and looking at the rest of his schedule, the Steelers are really the only, like, top-tier defense that he has to deal with going forward. So I think there's a case for Josh Allen to go back into that MVP discussion. Look, is he going to win it? Is he going to host the trophy? No, I think so many things have to happen. He has to play out of his mind, and a bunch of people literally have to fall on their face for it to happen. But I'm just saying don't move on from him just yet. At least don't move on from, from being, like, that elite quarterback and putting himself into that, you know, you know, high second tier discussion.
1: I think Josh Allen's a guy where if the NFL had a most improved player award, like he'd be the front runner, but they don't. So I, I, I don't put him in MVP quite yet, but he's definitely uh, making a lot of critics look really stupid.
0: I live with the most improved. Kyle don't have a, like I don't. Kyle, I look at Kyle's facial expressions through the whole episode. Because that you can tell what he's about to say based on what's on his face, and I can tell he didn't agree with anything I just said
2: just now. I I, I like him. Uh, the young quarterbacks have won the MVP. We watched Mahomes do it, Lamar do it, both in their second year. I know Josh Allen's a third year. He's definitely started hot. Um, I just I I don't see it as sustainable. I think he th- his biggest case, if it happens, is just on the ground. Say he just rushes like he did last year and has like a bunch of eighty yard rushing games and gets in the touchdown like really? once or twice a game. I mean, it could happen. <laughs> I, I think his biggest benefit is how well the Bills are going to finish, whether you like their record or not. Just because how the AFC is and they're already what like six and one. Chief games in the past. I know the Steelers game will be tough. That'll be his biggest probably pushing point forward but all these other guys are going to have good records too and i just don't think he's going to get there in that conversation
0: i mean but i mean he's, he's gonna i think he's going to have the yards and statistics that aren't going to look as good as yeah. maybe russ mahomes and wilson but they're going to be up there i'm I mean, not he, i'm not he's looking not gonna, away he's yet the league leader and passers i mean the, the past two or three years he's been there like, he's gonna throw for a He's going to throw for a healthy number of touchdowns. He might throw for a healthy number of interceptions too. I do think there's going to be a couple of games where you're going to look back and be like, damn, the Bills should have won that game or they should have won it more convincingly because in in football more than any other sport, it's like how you win too. So like barely beating the Jets don't look good. When you look back at who should have won MVP, like you got to thrash the Jets. You you can't come off a two game skid and the Jets is your get right game. And you like eke out a win. Like that, 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 that doesn't look good. But Matt B tell me,
3: should I move on or not? Oh man, I'm gonna have to say for the Josh Allen hype, I'm gonna have to say we're gonna move on. I just, I can't. I do the four games kid. He was absolutely there, right? And I, and I, or for the four games to start the year, absolutely, I do think that he was was well deserved in that front that that MVP front runner. And you know, I was here for it because I was not a huge Josh Allen fan. I mean, I liked him coming out, but I just wasn't a big fan. Uh, he reminded me a lot of uh, Jameis Winston um, in, in the way in the way he he moves the ball downfield. Um, but I do think he's a, a dramatically better athlete. And like Kyle said, I think that's going to help a lot. My biggest concern is that the two games against New England, I know New England's looked bad, but Bill Belichick in that division has just always been so good that it's hard for me to think that that Josh Allen is just going to go out and eat. Um, games against Seattle, games against Arizona, games against Pittsburgh, I do think are all losable, right? I'm not saying that they're going to lose it, but I do think that the last three games is Josh Allen kind of regressing to the to the mean, coming back to what he actually is, which is a quarterback you can win with, right? You can win games with him, and I do think the Bills are, should be the favorites to win their division. I just don't think he's going to have the kind of success. I think they're still an eleven and five team. I think he kind of he I think he limits um, what their own upside is, and I don't think that happens
0: with an MVP runner. That's 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 fair. I will say this: that Seahawks game is going to be a, a one to tune into. Crazy because you're dealing. Yeah. With- I mean, we already know what Russell Wilson brings to the table, but you're dealing with Josh Allen against a team who literally just can't ever get to the quarter. So he, that, that game, he might go tip for tap with Russ that game, and it might just go down to who's got the ball last. And so that, that's going to be a good one. But we're going to move on, because apparently i got to move on from Josh Allen. Stat Matt, who's yours?
1: Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill, I think, is one of the most interesting stories of recent NFL history. Mm-hmm. Just because he was just painfully mediocre – for his entire time in Miami. He was never great, never terrible. And then he goes to Tennessee, backs up, backs up Mariota, gets a start, and since he's become the starter, he's been a wrecking, he's just completely destroyed the league. And Derrick Henry's gotten all the credit because of the playoff games. But Ryan Tannehill, this year, he's fifth in DR, second in DVOA, and if you include his last 16 regular season starts, he's gone 12 and four, 37 touchdowns, seven picks, almost 4,200 yards, 8.85 yards per attempt and 116.5 pass rating. And if Goskowski makes a 45-yard field goal, there's they, they could be 6-0 after that if they win in overtime. Tannehill and, is I mean, put some respect on Ryan team. Tannehill's name. He's been yeah. balling out since he became the starter in Tennessee.
0: Matt V., I'm going to be completely honest, because Kyle looked at the script right before he came on. He was like, dog, someone's going to say Ryan Tannehill. And, like, I wanted to, but I was just afraid of what everyone was going to think. Like, I'm like I I want on this train. Like, I think Ryan Tannehill deserves way more credit than he's supposed to be. You want to talk about most improved, like, that should be comeback player of the year until he loses it. Because, like, his career in Miami was going downhill. Adam Gase was there, but was going downhill. He goes to Tennessee, and, man, that looks like a whole new person.
2: Um, like, i like, I agree with you, James. I, I agree that he he's good. But I'm going to get off this hype train because still last year he led the league in QBR when he played. I know he only played the back half of the season when Mariota went out, but they're still going to give the ball to Derrick Henry 30 times a game. I know it's not 30. It's exaggerated. He's still going to be your whole offense. And I think Tannehill really benefits a lot that he has weapons. I think A.J. Brown's a huge weapon. Johnny Smith's a huge weapon. But I'm getting off that train. I think he's a great quarterback for that team, but I'm not going to put him at MVP talk.
0: Okay, you, you talk about you know him benefiting from Derrick Henry. The game that Derrick Henry gets shut down, they he nearly leads him on a comeback win.
2: Nah, I said I said he be- benefits from weapons like AJ Brown. I think Derrick Henry limits him just because he's going to get so many touches.
0: Fair point. We moving on, Matt? What are we doing? <laughs> so, I love Ryan Tannehill.
3: I'm all for the Ryan Tannehill is elite. My issue is since we're talking about, you know, are we moving on or staying on with these guys winning MVP? It's not going to happen for Ryan Tannehill. I love Ryan Tannehill. He's absolutely elite, 100%. He just woke up one day. He was in Nashville, Tennessee, and he was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm, I'm going to do my thing. And he started cooking, right? Shout out Ryan Tannehill. Absolutely an elite quarterback. He's been a top 10 quarterback in the NFL since he started taking, you know, for the Titans. But he's not gonna. No one. No one is ever going to see like, okay, I got to pick my MVP. It's Russell Wilson, Pat Mahomes, or Ryan Tannehill. Let me. <laughs> let me choose Ryan Tannehill.
0: It's just not gonna happen. I don't even sound
3: right when it comes. out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like, all right, guys, come on. Uh, right, my man's played wide receiver in college. Like, there's, there's, they're just not going to. It's not gonna happen. Whether or not that's right, that's up for anyone to decide. But it's just not gonna happen. So we're moving on from Ryan Tannehill. But he's absolutely an elite quarterback. Do
0: not but get I that twisted. Think- I think when you talk about the narrative, I think it may not hurt anybody more than it hurts Ryan Tannehill. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, not exactly. supposed to be there. Like exactly, you exactly. You look at every other quarterback who might win MVP, they're supposed to be there. Ryan Tannehill is not supposed He may have one point have was supposed to be there, but he's not supposed to be there anymore. Right. So it's he could play
3: this way. Yeah, he could play this way for 10 years, and he might not make it into the Hall of Fame because people are going to say, oh, what do you do in Miami?
0: Yeah.
3: Right. And, and that sucks. You know, I don't think that's right, but that's uh, just the way it is.
0: I mean, I mean, he he came in and went eight and one last year yeah. in the playoffs. Like, yeah he, beat
3: the, yeah, he beat the best team in the NFL in the playoffs. Like, I, I, I'm one hundred percent here for the Ryan Tannehill love, but I, I just got to be realist. I got to recognize it's it's not in the cards I for him agree. to win the MVP. I agree.
0: But I mean, ask Ryan Tannehill if he's okay with being regarded as a top ten QB in the league by say help. Right, thing. right. <laughs> like, give me give me all that fucking MVP. You talking about me as top ten top ten quarterbacks getting paid. So yes. well, he already got one payday. Let's see if he gets. <clears throat> Another one again, but so of, of the three people we said, don't move on from too quick. Kyle's the only person who, who can stay. We we got, we
3: got to uh, Tom Brady's cooking. Tom, and there is, I will say, I think there's one name you guys should think about. Kyler Murray, just that second half comeback. I'm here for it. I'm I'm here for Kyler to make an MVP run. Um, it'd be a little cash in my pocket. I did make a Kyler Murray MVP bet at That's the end wild. of last year That's for this wild. year, so so we could rock with that one too. But uh,
2: he's got the second year quarterback thing. Yeah, going exactly. For him. Yeah, he, and,
0: does, he does have that going for him. And and for some reason, to, to stay with the Kyler Murray conversation for a quick second, I think for some reason people don't want to jump onto his bandwagon yet. I think the the offense that Cliff Kingsbury has brought in, like you got to see that work, you know, multiple times. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I think people have learned their lesson with jumping on the Sean McVay bandwagon when they saw it one time. And they're like, when I see this complete air raid offense happen, I got to see it work multiple times against multiple people before I completely jump onto that bandwagon. I think that's what we're seeing with Kyler Murray. Just for a little bit. All right. That's the first half of our episode, man. This is a, this is a great episode, man. I'm having a, a lot of fun. And it's time to have some more fun because Matt V, we're moving into to a fan favorite, one of our personal favorite segments. We call it Speaking Facts. So we're going to go around the NFL landscape. Some people have been letting some shit fly, man. Some quotes out there and we need to know from you. Are they or are they not? Speaking Facts. So the first one is Jerry Judy, the star, or or I won't say star yet, but the young wide receiver, up and coming star, I'll say, for the Denver Broncos at the draft combine. He got quoted saying, I don't care where I get chosen. They're going to get the best out of me. I'm going to come out and compete, work hard, and show them why. I'm the best wide receiver here. Was Jerry Judy speaking facts? Is he is he going to move to the top of this what should be known as a historic wide receiver draft class?
3: Uh, I don't think so. I don't because hey, I was I was the OG C.D. Lamb fan, right? And so I, I, we we talked about this a little pre-show. Jerry Judy was this huge name last summer going into the year. Everyone was like, all right, Jerry Judy's going to be like the second overall pick behind Chase Young. Like that was the that's what a lot of people thought. They thought he was the second best player in the class. Mm-hmm uh july right? i watched both the film like yo know, cd lamb balls like be careful y'all so i've been on the cd lamb train i still think he's the best receiver justin jefferson has come out and cooked he's been phenomenal chase claypools in pittsburgh right pittsburgh does better than anybody in the nfl in developing wide receivers right, so you know that, that's, from, that's
0: from from, from yeah. wherever,
3: wyoming right. wherever he came from <laughs> they'll, they'll cook um they do such a good job developing receivers there i do think judy's a phenomenal talent i think he's so fun um Denver just doesn't utilize him. Uh he doesn't get all the targets. And this is without their top receiver there. Yeah. So, yeah. I, so I am worried that you know, once Cortland Sutton comes back, what's the play here for Jerry Judy? Is he really going to, you know, is he going to be that guy? I don't know. He, it's not in the cards for him right now, right? There's been a number of receivers that I think have just been better than him this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I am worried, I'm gonna say he wasn't he wasn't speaking facts. Oh, top.
0: Kyle, are you speaking facts or no?
2: No, nah, he's not speaking facts. Uh, I, I like Judy. I thought he was the second best in the draft uh, behind C.D. Lamb, as Matt said. We got more context now to look at. Um, obviously, it's been C.D. Lamb and Justin Jefferson in terms of production. T. Higgins is having a great year, and Matt mentioned Claypool. I don't think those last two names fit in this conversation as much, even though I do think we get bogged down in only thinking about the first-rounders because we know drafts go deeper. But to me, it's like – so Jerry Judy this past week led uh, – Broncos skilled players in snaps and he had two receptions and was seventh in receiving yards for the team and I mean okay you're not ideal you have Drew Locke as your quarterback but the number one guy in front of you was out for the year now you're the number one guy and you're getting outperformed by a bunch of guys in the draft if I had to rank them now I'd probably go CD JJ and then Ruggs I think Ruggs is going to come out I know he's not been great but Gruden clearly said two days ago like we have to use you more so he's not there yet if he gets there in like five years doesn't surprise me but I'm not seeing much out of him that I could say that he was speaking facts at the
1: compound
0: that's tough Matt you sticking with the grain or, or is he speaking facts
1: I agree with Kyle almost to the tee I although I think Justin Jefferson needs to get a lot more respect I think he's been by far the best receiver of the class so far he's actually first in of among all wide receivers and yards above like replacement level uh which is incredible for rookie especially with Kirk Cousins having a bad season as well um but I need to see it from Judy before I can say he's going to be the best of the class. And I haven't right. seen it yet.
0: I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not going to go against all three of y'all. He definitely wasn't the best. <laughs> and, and when you look at what the other receivers are doing, the other receivers are, are, are showing like a, a complete skill set that I just don't think Jerry Judy is, is showing right now with the Broncos. You talk about how Corlin Sutton's out. And every other receiver, you look at down the line, if Amari Cooper were to go out, CeeDee Lamb would step up if Nelson Aguilar would go out, Henry Ruggs would step out or step up. If Tyler Boyd would go out, T. Higgins would step up. Like, if if the number one receiver would go out for the rest of these teams, everyone would step out. Man, if Adam Thielen ever goes out, watch what Justin Jefferson does. So, like, I think for for you to say that going into the draft, I think Jerry Judy was was reading his own headlines a little bit. Like, he, he saw himself coming out of Alabama. He saw everybody loving what what Alabama when he was doing with Tua, and I think he got his in his own head a little bit and was like, I'm that dude, I'm that guy. Forgetting that when you go play, when you move from playing on Saturday to playing on Sunday, it's a whole different ball game, you know, a whole different territory. So, you know, he definitely wasn't pretty fast.
3: And you know what's wild too is you know, Jerry Judy, everyone loved him at Alabama. You can make a legitimate argument that Jerry Judy was the fourth best wide receiver on his own team in college. Because we talked about rugs, right? We talked about rugs. He went first. He went for him in the draft, and some people think he could be better. Alabama's got two guys this year who are probably going to be first-round picks, and Jalen Waddle, who just broke his ankle, which sucks, I know, but I think he's... he's for
0: Waddell, yeah, for yeah.
3: I think he's the best of the four. And then Devonte Smith. Smitty cooks, too, right? Smitty was a guy who caught um, the touchdown to win the game over Georgia yeah. Um, their freshman year in that national championship game. So there's there's a legitimate chance that Jude, and, and that's a testament to how good Alabama has been at both recruiting and developing players, but... I do think that that's, that's an insane thing statement. to look at. That's
0: yeah, that's a crazy stuff. I'm clipping that because that's that's <laughs> the that you just said. But going going to Henry Ruggs, then we'll move on. I think it was funny to watch Henry Ruggs like sneak right behind Jerry Judy mm-hmm. after the combine because it was the same thing people said about John Ross when he ran his forty time. Like, how do you how do you ignore that? Like, he may not be overall the best receiver, but like, I mean, and and John Gruden was the was the coach who wasn't afraid to go and take that. It's like, I mean, I, I can't let go. Like someone who can do something that no other receiver can do. And that's just literally outrun every single person that's in front of them. So Henry Ruggs definitely made a case for himself. Sorry, Jerry Judy. None of us thought you were speaking facts. We're going to move on because this one, like this one scares the living shit out of me. Like I can't, I can't tell you. And I want everyone else to go first before I talk. Cause y'all need to talk to me off a ledge with this one. My main man, my, my guy, Stephen A. Smith said this week on first take, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to the Super Bowl. That's what the hell AB means, Matt V. talk. is he speaking fast? talk to me, please. What's going on? <laughs> what the um,
3: hell? Um, is- uh, this sucks because I think they can, right? Like, I'm not, I, I, I don't hate it, right? So I could see, I could see a universe where Stephen A. Smith speaking speaking back here, like 100. Um, Tom Brady in the playoffs, right? The Tampa Bay team, both their defense is phenomenal, and yeah. their offense has been amazing. They've had the best performing rookie in Tristan Wirfs, who's been amazing. Antoine Winfield's been so good. Uh, Ronald Jones is, like, third in the NFL in rushing yards, right? Like, there's, there's been growth among the entire bases of the roster, and you upgraded dramatically quarterback right into Tom Brady. Um, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Chris Godwin's hurt right now, right? Mike Evans hasn't been producing at the level we you know, but he's going to have his 200-yard, three-touchdown game. It's
0: eventually. coming. It's, you can yeah, see it exactly. coming.
3: Exactly. Um, I don't hate it, Stephen A. Eh? Like, I don't. I'm not betting against Tom Brady against the playoffs. I never have. Um I can see him speaking facts. Like I, I like this. I do think that my favorite right now would probably be Seattle or Green Bay. But I'm not going to. I'm not going to crucify Stephen A.
0: Smith for saying this. But but his statement is is a very particular statement. And With AB, that, that that's what I mean. So, Fat Man, I'm coming to you next. His statement was very particular. That AB means that we go from maybe to hell yeah. We're going to the Super Bowl. Is that speaking facts? Is AB that person?
1: I wouldn't bank on AB. AB is like a wild card that you're just kind of throwing shit against the wall. Maybe it'll stick, but maybe it'll maybe it'll explode in your face, and then it makes your entire team smell like shit. So, <laughs> so, so I, I don't know. I wouldn't. Go, I, I I don't think the AB part speaking facts, but I got some encouraging news for you, James. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers through seven games are. Among teams through, like, have the seventh best DVOA in NFL history through seven games goes back to 1985. Of the top 12 teams if, in through the first seven games, 11 of them had at least a first-round buy, and eight of them made the Super Bowl. So the Bucks right now are number one in DVOA by a good amount, and they have a really good shot at making the Super Bowl, and, a, and almost a sure thing to get, well, I don't know about a buy with the different playoffs, but... They're they're legitimately Super Bowl contenders, which is the first time someone said that in eighteen years.
0: I've never heard it. I've never I, I don't have a working memory of, of literally ever hearing that and I'm and I'm sweating. Kyle, does getting A B mean that like we're for sure going to the Super Bowl? Is,
2: is this is a- this is the hardest one on our list and I I'm gonna stick with you, Stephen, that you're speaking facts. I think that oh, to me head. it was between them and oh, Seattle. God. It was between them and Seattle and you put them in a playoff game. I don't care where it's played. I know if it's in Seattle, it's a bit tougher for Tampa Bay, but I don't trust the Seattle defense nearly as much as I'm trusting Tom Brady in a Super Bowl game or in a playoff game. Mm-hmm. If that game happens, there's no way the Tampa Bay has less than 30 points. No. That's just not going to happen yet. Yeah. Yeah. Matt yeah. Matt mentioned Werfs. Matt mentioned uh, Ronald Jones has been great. You still have Fournette who's been playing well, and there's a baller on that defense who I love, Jamel Dean. I know James isn't sold on him baller I looked I looked him up after we had that text message the one day the second half of the season last year his rookies year uh PFF pro football focus had him ranked as the second best safety in the league over the back half of the season he's coming with similar production this year I think that defense is phenomenal and it's very close I don't see Green Bay on those two level yet but give me Brady in the playoff game where it means it all and i would say he's speaking facts
0: I mean you, you talk about Jamel Dean the reason I wasn't sold on him is exactly that they moved him from safety to corner and and that, that's a that's a make-or-break move when you move someone from, from safety to the corner. But you're going to pick up Aaron Rodgers. you get a, you going to pick the next game. I mean, Jamel Dean has definitely been balling. And, I mean, our, our our secondary is way better than advertised. Sean Murphy-Button, Carl, uh, Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, Antoine Whitfield uh, Jr., that they've been absolutely crazy. I can't say he's speaking facts because I need to leave a room for myself to not go crazy if it doesn't happen. Like, I'm doing this... For my sanity. Like, it was funny. Matt veeb when when this news about AB coming back into the league came out and everyone thought it was going to be the Seahawks, we put it in this podcast and I said if the Seahawks get AB, they're going to the Super Bowl. Like, I said it, like, 100% straight up. Like, I was so confident in it because it wasn't my team. So that if it did blow up, it don't hurt me. But I don't care. But this one hurts me if it blows up. So if it blows up, I need that little that little wrinkle to be like, uh, I kind of saw this coming a little bit, so I'm so I don't go absolutely crazy because, like, just hearing you three say that the Buccaneers are Super Bowl like favorites, like I've literally those words have never been put consecutively in a sentence like that for me before. Like I don't even know what to do with this information. Like I'm I'm literally sitting here in my room sweating because I'm like, really, us? Does have the Buccaneers go to the Super Bowl? Like I, I I I don't I like I don't even know how to handle it. And that's already Rocky. This is a brand new team. Defense, not brand new, offense is brand new. And when I look at how A B came onto this team, it's it's clear to me that this was a Tom Brady move, not a Bruce Arians move. We know that Tom Brady loved him when he was in when he came to New England. I mean opened up his home to him. Like A B stayed with Tom Brady for two weeks until he found an apartment. And he was, Tom Brady was pissed when the Patriots cut him. And it didn't look like Bruce Arians was ever happy about A B coming. And Bruce Arians has one comment about A.B. And he said, be a team player or be gone. So, this looks like Tom Brady jumped Bruce Arians, went to Jason Light in the front office and said, I'm pulling the Tom Brady card. I want Antonio Brown on my team. And they were like, okay, Tom Brady. Like, it was like when that referee said to Michael Jordan, like, I, I trust you. I trust you, Tom. Okay, Tom. Like, I trust you. So, that that looks like what happened. And, Matt, you're right. This could blow up and make the rest of the teams think or – there's a tiny chance that it blows up and they just kick maybe back out on the street and we resume business as usual. But when, when does that ever happen? You, you put a bowl in a china shop and they're like that and, you know, it's make or break. So I, I just, for my own sanity and, and to be cautious, Stephen is not speaking facts. Does it make us better? Does it make us more scary? Does it give literally Tom Brady an embarrassment of riches? Yes. Am I going to say it puts us automatically in the Super Bowl? No. Because for a team who's been so bad for so long, how the hell we got a luxury to say we're automatically in the Super Bowl now? Like, we still got to win games. We still got to get out of whatever dark cloud and dark tunnel we've been in literally since I've been, like, six years old. So, not not speaking facts, but we'll move on. Whew. Hold on, let me breathe a little bit. I didn't breathe that entire time. Let me breathe a little
1: bit.
0: All right, we're moving on. Todd McShay. Uh, I mean, I love Todd McShay quotes. He's got another one. <laughs> The Jets should stick with Sam Darnold even if Trevor Lawrence is available. I'm going to say that again because I just got to make sure I'm reading that right. The Jets should stick with Sam Darnold even if the next coming of Christ, Trevor Lawrence, is available. Matt B., it's Tom McShay speaking facts.
3: No, Tom McShay is not speaking facts. Tom McShay is off the, off the shiz. Um, <laughs> if, if the Jets decide to keep Adam Gase, yeah, sure. Stick with that. Like Sam Darnold, yeah, yeah, go right. ahead and just go to, yeah, don't ruin Trevor Lawrence for us.
0: Yeah. Yeah, um,
3: yeah. so if that's the case, yeah, I'm down. But, um, if they fire Adam Gase, which they should and should have, um, do not, <laughs> do not pass on the best quarterback in a decade minimum for, for Sam Darnold. It's not, that's just not how you build a good team. Um, it's <laughs> like the only there's one player in, in the entire 21 2021 draft class that I would say I can understand someone taking over Trevor Lawrence. It's Penny Sewell. He's the offensive tackle out of Oregon. The issue is the Jets don't need an offensive tackle, right? They drafted Kai Becton in the first round of this past year. He's been phenomenal. He's been one of the three best rookie tackles playing like an all pro. So you really don't, you know, left tackle you're not stressing for. There's not enough. There's no value anywhere else where it's like. Okay, I could understand if you want to roll with Sam Darnold. Plus, Sam Darnold's not done anything to to warrant passing Trevor Lawrence for it. Um, if the Jets get the first pick and they don't take Trevor Lawrence, it, it just doesn't make sense. It's poor. It's poor evaluation. It's poor team running. It's 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 laughable. I mean, I, it's I like I, the
1: Jets. That's
0: <laughs> that's, that's, that's <laughs> a right, guy, McShay, yeah. who watches a lot more college football than he does NFL football, and I think he's remembering the Sam Darnold at USC instead of and, yeah. Sam Darnold in New York. Yeah, I'm not and sure. And that's the
3: is. thing. And some people love Sam Darnold. It was. I just, it does not make sense. Not, there's not Sunshine. there's, there's not a thing that Sam Darnold does better than Trevor Lawrence.
0: Not Trevor Lawrence, not Sunshine. There, to be completely honest, there's like five, six, like maybe seven teams who, if they come across and Trevor Lawrence is magically there, they pass on him. Every other team in the yeah. NFL, you take him. I don't there's, care yeah, there's yeah, If he's there, you take him. Like if other teams I would take, pass yeah. on him, it's their
1: deathbed.
3: Of the 32 starting NFL quarterbacks, I would take Trevor Lawrence over 29 of them.
1: Or twenty eight oh, of them, technically.
3: Give me Pat Mahomes. Give me Pat Mahomes. I'd keep Deshaun Watson, and I would keep Russell Wilson, and that's it.
0: Wow. Every other quarterback. So you're Every other quarterback. Above, give me Trevor Lawrence. Above, above Aaron Rodgers.
3: Above Rodgers. Above Lamar. Um, above everyone. Give me, give me Trevor Lawrence.
0: And, and and that's a little wild to hear you say, but I do think Trevor Lawrence is it. Like that when you when you think of it, the next one, like Trevor Lawrence, is there. Matt, go ahead. It's time it's time we show you speaking facts. That's your guy over there in
1: Clemson. Not even a little bit. Like it's one thing if it was like Sam Darnold had showed a little bit of promise, but Darnold hasn't shown shit. Right. He is if you look at DVOA, which again, play-by-play basis, he is 45% worse than the average on every single play than the average quarterback. 45% worse. That is unfathomable. They think going to pass up Trevor Lawrence over this pile of crap, and I know Adam Gase is really terrible, and they need to get rid of him so he doesn't ruin Trevor Lawrence. But this is like, I it's it's nonsensical to pass on Trevor Lawrence to stick with Sam Darnold. I'm like trying to figure out where he was coming from. Like, what what could he have been
0: saying? What what like what? I, and I I'm struggling. Kyle is. how much is Todd not speaking facts
2: I think I got I think I got the answer to your question there James I just think there's so many issues with that Jets team and he I guess what you said before he is looking at that Darnold of USC Mm. so maybe he is like well that's not gonna fix it blah 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 I think Gase needs to get out I agree I don't I'm not gonna say Darnold's as bad as you guys think I don't think you stick with him but he throws, he's shown he can throw good balls. He's telling the Jamison Crowder, making him look like a top 15 wide receiver, we're on a good receiving core as your number three. Maybe number two if you have a decent number three. I mean, he's got no one to throw to. Robbie Anderson's out of town now. Uh, it's not as absurd as maybe you guys are thinking, making it seem, at least to me. But he's not speaking facts, and Tom McShay didn't get a picture with, didn't let me take a picture with him last weekend at the pick game. So he's really not speaking facts. Yeah,
0: so screw Tom McShay. And I right, and right. Was, all my
2: homies hate Tom McShay. He was mad. Like I was mad last week.
0: <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> he was two <laughs> rows in front of me. I said, "Talk, I get a pick." He said, "No."
0: Why he? Who, who he think he is? Like you too good for a pick? He lucky, He lucky a fan asked who has to take a picture with Tom McShay. Like I, I, I can't imagine. That too the
2: worst part is I saw my boy's like Snapchat story. He got a picture with Tom McShay. So Damn, yeah.
1: Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> that, that's terrible. That's terrible. And, and and Kyle, here's the thing. Maybe we went a little bit overboard with with throwing Sam Donald under the bus a little bit. But when you make a, a comment like this, like I think we needed to say that to let Tom McShay know how crazy of a statement this was. Because yeah. This is, trevor lawrence we're talking about like this this is a guy who looked nfl ready after freshman year so like like i think we we need to paint that picture of like he's so far under trevor lawrence that, that that's what that's what it, this is
2: i i agree and i think there's one prospect in the last 10 years prospect wise that you could compare him to and that's probably andrew luck as a prospect mm-hmm. andrew luck didn't pan out to be a hall of famer maybe he was if he didn't cut his career short but i don't see another prospect i mean the sean watson was a big one Murray was a big one, but none of them were on Lawrence's level. Yeah. None of them. No. Yeah,
0: and
3: the the issue is, I do think Darnold can be a successful quarterback. Right? Like, I, I think don't so hate too. Sam Darnold. I think ideally, you send him to somewhere like Pittsburgh, where he can sit for a year, let go. You know, Ben do his thing. He's going to retire eventually. Get him into that spot. I'm cool with that. The issue is, it is just. He's not Trevor Lawrence. He he has never been Trevor Lawrence. He's never going to be Trevor Lawrence. Like you said, with Andrew Luck, something similar that you can look at it is like maybe a Sam Bradford in 2012, right? Let's say the Rams are picking first overall. Sam Bradford won Rookie of the Year in 2010. He showed promise, but if you're sitting in that moment, I don't think you take... I mean, I think you take Andrew Luck over Sam Bradford. It's just it's what you do. You take the best quarterback that you can find. Um I like that. And
0: the best quarterback we're going to find is, is... is Trevor Lawrence. It's Trevor Lawrence,
3: yeah. You're not going to have a shot at Pat Mahomes for 10 years, so...
0: Let's see. Let's see. All right, move on to the last one. Callan Cowherd, Cal who, like... When I first started really paying attention to sports and sports media, I loved Colin Calvert. I thought his takes were backed up. I loved his analysis. Yeah, uh, his I loved sports, sports Nation. Media. I loved Sports Nation. And then when he got his own show, like he I, he just went off the rails. And I'm not even sure what this quote is, but I had to preface it because I have a feeling <laughs> this quote might be off the rails a little bit. He said on the wide receivers, he would start his team with Mike Evans and Devontae Adams. I'd give a slight edge to Devontae Adams. A little injury concern, but his route running for how young he is is really impressive. So, is he speaking facts? Devontae Adams, slight edge over Mike Evans. Not too I think- on, on just that part? No, no, On, no, no,
2: just no. That on, part? on the two. I think, I think it's on the two that you would pick to start a team with. I think that's the better conversation. I was going to say, like,
3: but, is there's, Devontae there's Adams over Mike perfect. Evans? I'm I'm 100% here for that conversation. There's, there's uh, parts to this. That's
0: there's, facts. There's, there's parts to this quote. So, let's, go. Yes. let's focus on the first part. If you're <laughs> if you're starting a team, you entertain. Devontae Adams and Mike Evans. Is, is he speaking facts?
3: No, he's not speaking facts. Maybe Devontae Adams, I'm down. Like you know, and I love Mike Evans. Like that's my guy. We talked about him. You he's know. My guy. <laughs> but I'm not starting my I team with Mike Evans.
0: Reality lies, though. I gotta know what what's real. And if I'm start, if I got every um, I NFL mean, available, then I gotta know where reality lies. Go ahead, someone. Is he speaking facts? I just think.
2: No, <sighs> I mean, okay. This not is not even a little bit. This nah, is to is. me. Devontae Adams, okay, sure. Devontae Adams, I'm fine with. I think yeah, he's I'm here for in that the yet. league. Sure. But does Michael Thomas not exist now that he got hurt? Does DeAndre Hopkins not exist now he's in Arizona? I mean, That's I don't think Mike, yet. I don't think Mike Evans Watch I'm it. the one starting with him. Watch I don't it. think Michael Evan. Mike Evans is the wide receiver I'm starting with. If I just have to pick from the Buccaneers, no, no, no. I might start my team with Godwin. You're
1: yeah.
0: not starting with Scotty Miller?
1: No, <laughs> don't take it that far. Don't take it that far. Were you say Scotty Miller? <laughs> what I don't get is he, does he does, does Coward think that like Mike Evans and Devontae Adams are like 24 because they're like in the prime of their career? Like how young he is, Devontae. Like he's 28. Like and I like Devontae Adams, but he's had one season in his career where he's had a thousand receiving yards. That's it. One Didn't he miss history. last
3: season by like four yards and miss like? He's five had
1: 997 games. twice. <laughs> okay, so, okay, so, <laughs> okay. You know, on, a little bit. <laughs> but, uh, Adams definitely oh, yeah, <laughs> top, top five receiver, and he, he does get injured. But yeah, again, DeAndre DeAndre Hopkins is still in the league. Michael Thomas is still in the league. Julio Jones is still in the league. Julio like, Jones. I guess it's a starter team, and Julio's older. But geez, this is and just absurd. And not to, so, and, and not to
3: so mention like. Old. There, I think there's a case for guys like DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, and AJ Brown over Mike Evans, because those are guys who are just in their second year, right? So those are guys super young. You get them on rookie deals. Um, like those are, now, those are things now, to look now, at too. DJ Moore's in his third year. He's cooking.
0: Now, 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 hold, hold on now, because, because you're right. If I have every receiver to pick from in the NFL, I'm probably not starting my team with Mike Evans, but don't, don't disrespect my mans. Now we're going to, we're going to talk about, we're talking about Terry McLaurin and AJ Brown. Don't 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 disrespect my man's now, Matt V. Okay, don't don't. I mean, he's working with a new quarterback. We talked about earlier how his day is coming, his week is coming. But this is still one of the best hands, one of the best route runners, one of the best receivers we got in the league. Don't don't get don't get too carried away now. <laughs> don't get too carried hey, away. I now.
3: I do love Mike Evans, but but Con Cowherd definitely not speaking facts here. Okay, on, on who to start with.
0: Okay, well let's go to the second part of the quote then. When he when he said he's giving a slight edge to Devontae Adams over Mike Evans. That one I can't I mean, he's,
3: he's he's right technically, but I mean I would say more than just a, a slim more advantage to I think I too. think Devontae Adams has a, a bit as the best receiver in football. I and agree. So I, I would probably convincingly I think if, if it like if you make me the GM, you say Matt, go pick out a receiver, it's probably him or Nook. It's probably him or DeAndre Hopkins.
2: I agree. I think the conversation
0: probably ends there. Real quick, because these two said something last week that, like, is still like. I think I know what this is
3: too.
2: I think I know what this is. Do know what this is? Bro,
0: bro is still not sitting right with me. Calvin Ridley or Odell Beckham Jr. Just answer me that question, Matt B. Which one? Because (laughs) these two sat here and told me to my face that they're taking Calvin Ridley over a healthy Odell Beckham Jr. Like, and if you do, y'all gonna have to continue the rest of this episode without me because I'm.
2: Pause um, I, pause pause real quick. I just said Odell Beckham for one year, but Calvin no, 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 for the no, 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 next no, 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 year. I'll get, give me Odell right now.
0: You'll get to condition your statement. You said yes to it.
2: That, I'm I'm
3: really properly quoting. Um Odell Beckham is the better wide receiver.
0: Thank yes. you. Thank you.
3: But oh, but no, it is not no. crazy. It is not crazy by any means to, to prefer Calvin Ridley. Because Calvin Ridley, listen, he's cooking. He is cooking. Um baller. Yeah, listen, I'm not we can't sit here and disrespect my man's Calvin Ridley.
0: I'm not disrespecting. He to Odell. That's who. I love Odell. I love Odell.
3: I love. It. Listen, first of all, you have not seen. You should see some of the the, the stuff I get on Twitter. I had Washington football team fans this off tell me that they would take Steven Sims Jr. over L- Odell Beckham Jr. Right. That's that's the kind of narrative this player has. Now, I love Odell. Right. Odell. Odell. I still think is one of the most talented wide receivers in the NFL without question. And I think he's better than Calvin Ripley is right now. But. I'm not going to sit here and say that someone who thinks Calvin Ridley is better is crazy. I think there's definitely an argument there. Definitely an argument
0: there. I don't. I live with that. I, I don't. There enough. This is Fair like, enough. This is like this is like when you're having like who's the better rapper debate, and you have the guy who's got three platinum albums, and then the guy who came this year who got two number one hits, and you're like, oh, the guy this year is the better the better rapper. Like, no, he he got a couple good songs. Cool he been cooking it Yeah, way. but what if, what if, what? What, if the, the, what if the platinum rapper hasn't dropped music in two years?
3: What if the platinum rapper hasn't dropped music in two years?
0: That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Three years. Alright. I can't I can't I can't believe it. Where are you putting Calvin Ridley on a on a on a ranking list? Where is he? And where is Odell? Fully
3: healthy Odell's probably like five to eight somewhere. That's um, okay. And where's Calvin? Calvin Ridley, I would say, is probably like that's seven,
0: eight to twelve. You're putting him as high as seven.
2: Well, Ridley really sleep disgusting. on Calvin, yeah, really Ridley, yeah. dude. James just um, doesn't <laughs> see it. Yeah, I like don't, like I, DeAndre Hopkins, Devonte Adams.
0: I have a tough time giving Julio. the Falcon like credit because I literally hate the Falcons. But like, what about Julio? Where would you put Julio? Okay. That's the one. Obviously, that's the one exception. <laughs> I'm, putting, I'm still putting Julio above that. You're me you're putting Calvin Ridley above Julio. Man, I just kinda, no, oh, God, no.
1: No, no, no,
0: no. no, 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 no. And i have I know about sports, then if, if that's what you're telling me. <laughs> but I'm still um, putting No, definitely not. Okay. Woo! What were we talking about before that? Because nothing matters when we bring up that
2: conversation.
0: <laughs> oh, Colin Cowherd. Colin
2: Cowherd. I think we're good.
0: <laughs> Kyle and Matt aren't speaking facts when they talk about taking Calvin Ridley over OBJ. Um but we're, we're going to move on. It's not the only thing that happened this past week in sports. Kyle, you guys, what happened this past week in sports?
2: Yeah, I'm going to just pull a quick audible, do this one quick, if you're cool with that. Right. We're getting a little long today. So, first is the Dodgers won the World Series 3-1 in the game last night against Tampa Bay. The series was 4-2. First chip since 1988. Of course, they've lost two out of the past five years, but they finally got over the hump. So, congrats to the Dodgers there.
0: Mm-hmm. Cong- I mean, congrats to L.A. That's their second their second title in the month of October when starting this year, they lost like, like their, <clears throat> their their prodigal son, their beloved Kobe Bryant. We all seem to lost Kobe Bryant, and, and now to end the sports year with you know having those two you know those two titles going in Tinseltown that's that's huge for LA, huge for the Dodgers, huge for Clayton Kershaw. Like it, it's big. Yep. So congratulations
1: yep. for sure. I wonder I if LA can remain a Charger town after this. <laughs> <laughs> I stole that joke from Twitter. Shout out <laughs> Kevin Clark on Twitter. <laughs> All right, moving on.
2: Uh, ah man, we just had this conversation, but Odell Beckham has been injured off of a Baker Mayfield interception when trying to chase down a defender. We have found out that is a torn ACL in his left knee. Obviously, horrible news here. You really can't replace a guy like this. Um, but the Browns are sitting five and two. Obviously, have their eyes on the playoffs. What's the outlook now for them? I
0: don't know.
3: Well, they're what's checking. What's they're to looking to for them? a receiver. That's the big buzz right yeah. now.
0: Apparently, you um, they, the they
3: apparently like they like called Minnesota.
0: Calvin Ridley. Like apparently you can replace him if you get Calvin Ridley. That's what you guys were telling me. Like uh, apparently, right? Hey, I'm just. That, that's what you're telling. You don't me? know.
3: You you never know.
0: <laughs> but I mean, is 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 this now the case that we need to say that Odell needs to get off the Browns and away from Baker? Like, was this was this the last straw in that debate?
1: My, Odell was stupid on that it, point. Yeah, he jumped Odell. out of nowhere. Like yeah, that, you know, he like made it. a weird play at the bowl. That was just a freak thing. had to make that play? There is something there. After that play.
0: He wouldn't have to make that play if if Baker Mayfield doesn't throw an interception, though. Like, it's a of Yeah, no, yeah but
1: if he lost a receiver. There's definitely something
2: there. Like, it's definitely, like, very symbolic of something that he threw an interception, and that's how Odell's yeah. season right. went. But, but
3: if Baker yeah. lost a receiver every time he threw an interception, he'd go through, like, 20 receivers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. All
2: right, I got to move forward. So, the Philadelphia 76ers have made... The Philadelphia 76ers have made many moves today in coaching and front office positions. They announced that they're bringing on former Rockets GM Daryl Morey to run basketball operations, and they've also hired three assistant head co- or assistant coaches, one including Sam Cassell, who many thought was looking at some coaching vacancies across the league. So, I mean, a lot of people were expecting, like, a lot of player movement shakeup in the offseason, but we weren't expecting this much management, so... What does this mean for the Sixers?
1: I am so fucking happy we got Daryl Morey. I am so hyped. I was so ready to bury the Sixers dead. I thought the front office was just a disgrace and we'd be like lost. We had a two-year run and we'd be lost like forever. That was all we were going to get. And we actually made something, did the right thing. I don't know if it was luck, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the only way Josh Harris can make a good decision. But I, I actually have hope for the Sixers future for the first time since uh the season ended i love that move yeah it, it makes five phenomenal. years too
0: it makes me think two things one josh harris gotta be careful you bring in too many good basketball minds and someone's gonna figure out that you shouldn't be running you shouldn't be owner of the team anymore They can <laughs> the team. two I, I think it's funny that elton brand made this big thing about how last season and, and, and his first years of gm he was working with that committee right and that he wasn't able to make actual decisions as a general manager, he had to go through this whole team. And now the Sixers hurt him. They got rid of that team behind him. And then before he could ever do anything, they're like, oh, wait, but hold on. We're going to bring on Daryl Morey to oversee all operations. You don't bring on a guy for five years just to be a consultant. Like, he he is now the main GM. And I'm sorry, Daryl Morey has done thousands of things before Alton Brand has done anything. Like, so much better.
2: So much more. So I
1: don't
2: Elton Brand is... is never, I think Elton Brand Elton never, Brand might have gotten himself out of trouble.
0: Yeah, Elton Brand is never running this ship. Elton Brand now works for Daryl Morey. That's just how it works.
2: Yeah, he got himself out of trouble. Yeah, um, that's how it should be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got one more thing. So, Khabib Nurmagomedov... Khabib Nurmagomedov... Oh, you go. You know who I'm talking about. <laughs> Did announce his retirement after winning. He's 29-0. He got his wish that he's the number one pound-for-pound fighter of course a lot went into this his passing of his father um but fighting wise you don't see a lot of guys go out in their prime and we've talked about it before the fall from great fall from grace in combat sports is ugly yeah. so to see a guy go out in his prime undefeated with the belt is uh impressive and what a great career he had
0: yeah I'm you ch- can
1: see how emotional he was after the fight too it meant so much to him
0: yeah, yeah. and i think that's that's a huge point you brought up kyle like the fall from grace, no one, whether you're a Khabib fan or not, whether you're a fan of the fighter, like that fall from grace isn't pretty to anyone. Like no one likes to see that people didn't like Ronda Rousey. And then when she fell from her grace, everyone was like, I mean, I didn't want to see that. Like that, that's, that was tough. Um, so I want to give him all the respect in the world, but I mean, I'm not the huge follower of UFC, but people are calling him the the greatest UFC fighter. and, And I still think there's a guy that by the name of John Jones, who's still, you know, is still living and breathing. And then let's not forget what he did as a UFC fighter too. So, um, you know, yeah, just I, put that out there.
2: I think George St. Pierre is the greatest ever, but John Jones has a shot to get there. I, I'm not putting Khabib above George St. Pierre though. All right, well, that's all for this passing week in sports. So let's get into the countdown. Let's go to number five.
0: The number of wins the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have through seven weeks. The first time since John Green was head coach. In 2008, I'm sweating again. I'm starting to sweat again. Like, it's, 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 just, it's just so much good. I'm not used to dealing with it, but we we got to keep rolling. And it, it's not like, it doesn't look like it's it's a flash in a pan or a lightning in a bottle thing. It looks like it's success that's going to be sustained. So, you know, hopefully AB doesn't doesn't ruin all of that. But, I mean, I'm seeing a, an upward trajectory of a Buccaneers team that I haven't seen pretty much in a working memory of, of being a Buccaneers fan. So, this is cool to see
2: yep I love that it was like John Gruden too I didn't was not expecting that all right let's go to number four
1: the number the amount of less the, the amount less points the bills have scored than their opponents so far this season they are five and two most people will say that if you have a negative point differential it eventually comes back to butt you but I think in that division the bills are pretty safe even with the negative point differential
2: yeah I think so too I think this is like the it's like the team in your fantasy league that, like, has the second least amount of points, but somehow they're in, like, first or second place. And we know fantasy is straight luck, and I'm not saying the NFL is luck, but they don't really fall off like this. They make the playoffs, and I think the Bills are just kind of like that team.
0: It's a little bit of luck, man. I can't I can't imagine you end, you go into week 10, 11 with a negative point differential, and you're, and you're like, happy about where you are. Like, I do think at some point, you got to, like, be, your aggregate, if you have a good record, it's got to be outscoring your opponent. Like I, I, That's just how I think it's going to work.
2: Facts. All right, number three.
0: The number of consecutive seasons Draymond Green has shot less than thirty-one percent from three. This perfectly coincides with Draymond Green losing a three-point contest to Kevin Hart. Like, I mean, first of all, if you're an NBA player, I don't care if you're not a three-point shooter or not, you cannot on national TV go and lose to a five foot six comedian in a three-point contest. Although that's that's three-time <laughs> celebrity all-star game MVP Kevin Hart, we're talking about. Let's give a, a, a little bit of respect to him and that's not the first time we saw kevin hart get the best of an nba player we've all seen that viral video where he blocks kyle lowry going to the rim so like maybe maybe there's a team that needs to make a spot for kevin hart he's showing us some things man
2: oh, get out of here <laughs> i mean yeah that's embarrassing i think the only point to be made there is you can't lose a three-point contest i don't care if you're Dwight Howard, Bobon Marjanovic, you're not, you can't lose a three point contest to Kevin Hart. Dude, you shoot basketball for a living.
0: Go on TV and have a three point contest against a, a civilian. You better win that, John. But you, <laughs> like Dwight Howard and, and you know, and Bobon aren't going to go on TV in a three point contest. But if they felt confident enough to do it, you best not lose. Like if I'm Steph Jury or Clay Thompson, Draymond has never seen the ball above the three point line. <laughs> like he never get a kick out. Because cause I'd
1: rather kick it out to Kevin Hart at this point. <laughs> All right. Number two. The amount of accidental touchdowns this past weekend that resulted in their teams losing Todd Gurley of the Falcons and Devin, uh, sorry, Devin Ford of Penn State. Uh, I remember watching, I, I remember, I was watching the Falcons game with my grandpa. And the minute that happened, we both looked at each other, oh, the Falcons are going to find a new way to lose. And that's yeah. exactly what happened. The yeah. Falcons find a million different ways to lose, and it's unbelievable that they come up with new ones, especially when the day before, the same, almost the exact same thing happened to Penn State.
2: Yeah, that, right when the Falcons thing happened, the first thing in my mind was the Penn State one. And then, like... You knew Matthew Stafford was going to win that game with a minute you know, left you know, only because yeah, it was you know, the Falcons. Yeah. If another team does that, I don't care if it's the Jets. If the Jets do that, they have a better shot of winning that game than the Falcons. It was hilarious. It's the narrative. It's,
0: like we talk about narrative. That's the Falcons narrative. Like, OK, this is a new way to lose. And when I when I see Todd Gurley, when I saw him do that, I just think this is this is a guy who was so good for years and then had so many down seasons where he didn't see the end zone that it's tough for him to realize it's tough for him to see six points and purposely stay out the end zone like he got too excited he lands a place he hasn't been to nearly as much as he's wanted to in the past couple of seasons and he realized it as he's falling down that oh shit I can't score and the ball crosses the pylon so that's just the Atlanta Falcons are impressive the way they lose games man impressive All
2: right, number one the number of World
0: Series wins for future future first ballot Hall of Famer Clayton Kershaw. We talked about last week how the only thing that's stopping people from putting Clayton Kershaw on like a top five pitcher of all time was that World Series ring. And it was tough, right? Because if they lost that game last night, they go to a game seven, and Clayton Kershaw isn't the starting pitcher for game seven. They already announced it. So if they lost game seven, it like wouldn't have even been his fault. He pitched the way he was supposed to pitch in his outings, And they still may have lost, but he needed that ring to cement himself on the Mount Rushmore of starting pitchers, and I think he did. I mean, that's he's arguably the best pitcher of this era of this generation, and I think that puts him in one of the best pitchers of all time category. I'm happy for him for
2: that. Yeah, he he deserved it. He needs to get one. It should
1: be a second too because the Astros stole one from him.
0: Oh yeah, don't get me
1: started. True,
0: true. Uh, Don't get me started. I hate (laughs) Houston. Hate them for that. What? Uh, We're almost out of time for this episode of Straight Back so we can get some shots about the buzzer. Stat Matt, got anything to say to the buzzer?
1: So, Cristiano Ronaldo uh, tested positive for COVID, and he was very pissed he couldn't play in the Barcelona-Juventus Champions League game today and went as far as saying PCR is bullshit, which is the most effective way of testing COVID at the point. When you have 243 million followers, you can't be that fucking stupid you have a responsibility to like actually talk about the science and dangers of a disease that's killed millions of people worldwide. You got to do better, Cristiano Ronaldo. Everyone, wear your mask, stay safe. Don't listen to sad footballers bitching about how they can't play a game today.
0: That's what it was. Like that's, if he was able to come back before that, he wouldn't have said that. But it's, it's just the fact that, and it was the messy of it. Like he, re, he that Messi, Ronaldo, cherished the times they get to play each other. It's, maybe the two best footballers of all time, and, and they love that. So the fact that I got taken from them is why he said that. But I agree with you, man. That, that's just a, a person throwing a fit um, because they couldn't play. But Kyle, got anything to say at the buzzer?
2: Uh, Yeah. Uh, you so do you? <laughs> tomorrow, yeah. I got something. I got something because I think it's important. So mm-hmm. tomorrow, uh, I've had two of my classes canceled already. I have one class I got to go in the morning. I have no homework due till next Sunday. So I've decided – I've been on my computer bogged down a lot. I'm going to take a me time. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to work out, maybe take a walk. I'm going to clean my room, clean other stuff, do the dishes maybe. And I think just the importance of being productive is really hard, especially in these times. And the only t- like time I ever feel productive anymore is just doing schoolwork. So I think that's a big lesson to everyone. If you have a way to do this, I know I'm blessed with not having classes. If you have a day you can do this, it's really important. You guys should take a time out to do it because... I know this is the new normal, but it's still not normal, and you need to get back to where you was in some way.
0: I love that, man. That was a, that was a great one. Don't tell your you're at the buzzer short. That was great. Glad, glad you got your time for, for yourself. Matt V, I know this is this is a new thing, kind of throwing it on at you, but you got something to say at the buzzer? Hey,
3: I just want to say, guys, thank you so much for having me on. I do, I do a couple of these uh, every month. Far and away, this has been the most fun I've had on a podcast in a while. It's a blast. It's so great, especially with some, you know, Phoenixville guys. It's it, it's, it's a great time. So I just want to say thank you guys um, for having me on. I loved it. Nope, no problem, man. Thanks, man. It was great.
2: Hey, it was great. Matt, plug your stuff. Where can hey, we fast. find you, Matt? Do go follow me on Twitter.
3: Uh, at MV Scouting. Make sure you go do that and check out my work. You know, I talk about the NFL a lot. Uh, I do rookie rankings every week. Uh, I talk about the draft. I talk about the normal NFL. I talk about college football. So if you're a football guy, make sure you go follow me on Twitter.
0: Okay. Follow you on Twitter. Are there websites that you're a part of? You, you write? Uh,
3: yeah. So I write for, uh, yeah. So I write for Pro Football Network. I go follow them on Twitter too. Go check that out. Um, I do pieces every Wednesday and
0: uh, Friday. Awesome. Awesome, man. Well, I mean, if you you were part of making this episode one. I think for me one of the most fun episodes we've had In a long time too So we're definitely going to have you back man 100% going to have you back later this NFL season Maybe come next year for the NFL draft too Try to get your up yeah. <clears throat> Next year scouts That's great All I have to say at the buzzer is There are two things in Philadelphia that are going away One was cancelled that are worth saving and bringing back One is LaSalle baseball Um uh, you know, La- LaSalle cut a lot of programs, a lot of their spring sports, one of them mo- most notably their baseball program. Uh, another Phoenix Fall alumni, Mike Anthony, graduated from LaSalle, was a pitcher for LaSalle baseball. I've seen the program firsthand while I know it's not the greatest program alive. It, it deserves to be saved. Um, so go, you know, if you if you have a hand, shout out to James Santori, who uh, you know I, I have the the pleasure of you know being connected with and, and being a, a good friend. He's at the forefront at the movement of hashtag Save La Baseball. Just look up that hashtag on Instagram or Twitter. See what you can do and bring it back. The second thing in Philadelphia is the renting terminal market. That is at are really at liberty of, of shutting down. And we would literally not be doing our, our justice as Philadelphia citizens if we let Reading Terminal go out of business. That'd be single-handedly the number one entrepreneurship site in Philadelphia. All local produce, all local restaurants, all local growers, all local restaurants. Like we, it, it needs to be saved, and and, and and you know, it needs to have that attention. So there's a GoFundMe started for that too. Um, and I mean, shout out to Barstool President Dave Portnoy, who's who's on the, the fight for both. He came into Philadelphia and now he's a Philly guy all of a sudden. But he came into Philadelphia to save us out baseball. Got word of um, saving the Reading Terminal Market. Um, so you know he's he's doing both. I'm not I'm not crazy satisfied or crazy happy that he's coming into my city and telling me how good my cheesesteaks are. But we'll, we'll we'll move past that. He gave De Los a seven eight. I said with no point of reference. Like I'm, yeah. I'm not I'm like like what? Like I'm not, that's my favorite place. I'm not going to go to new England, go to a top three clam chowder place and give it a seven, five where I've never had clam chowder before. So, so, you know, I'm going to move on because I'm going to make myself mad with that. I want to give him credit for what he's doing, but both of those go look it up. Save with South baseball, save running trouble on the market. But that's all the time we have for this episode of straight bags, big ups to Matt Valadino's, uh, fellow, uh, Fellow phantom and uh and an NFL draft writer and scout analysis. Big up to again Kyle Sirik and a residential statistician stat Matt Robinson. For everybody, I'm James Jackson. These have been the facts.
1: Straight up.